Welcome to Virtual Student Experiences, where we inspire students to aspire. For more information, please check out our website at www.virtualstudentexperiences.com. Hi, everyone, and welcome to another Virtual Student Experiences Season 2 webinar. Today's webinar will focus on marketing. If you're new to our program, Virtual Student Experiences is a pro bono initiative spearheaded for students by students. We at VSC want to be the inspiration for aspiration, and our goal is to give students around the world an opportunity to hear from professionals in the career area of interest in a friendly and casual setting. Every student that knows what you want to do in the future, we at VSC want to encourage, allow, and connect you with professionals. Through VSC, students are given the chance to decide if their career of choice really fits their skills, personality, and of course, overall interests. Through VSC, you'll be able to hear from a wide variety of guests from a variety of seniority levels. And to find out more information and to sign up to be notified about upcoming webinars, you can visit our website at virtualstudentexperiences.com. And before we get started, I just want to go over some quick housekeeping things, so hang on tight. Firstly, I'm going to be asking our guest professional that I'll introduce in a second, a series of base knowledge questions so that you can get a good idea of who he is and really what he does. If at any time you have a question that you think of, feel free to post it in the Q&A module and we'll get to it in the later part of the webinar. We highly recommend that you do ask questions during this webinar because it's an opportunity to get an answer right here, right now, instead of reading about it later on the internet. And quickly introducing our VSC core team of volunteers, we have Buddy, Gabby, Jonathan, Coco, and Tommy. And without further ado, our guest today is Mr. Omar Khatib. Mr. Khatib is a marketing professional based in Silicon Valley. He's developed marketing strategies at two publicly traded surgical robotic com companies through their IPOs, as well as co-founded and successfully launched a consumer product for men's fashion. Having successfully crowdfunded and launched a consumer product, Omar brings his knowledge of B2C marketing through digital channels to a B2B world. He's known for his strategies using consumer psychology across various digital mediums to guide healthcare companies in adapting to newly connected markets. Uh, he currently serves as director of growth at Portrero Medical, a predictive health company that is developing the next gen of smart sensors and artificial intelligence. And in his spare time, he enjoys teaching, mentoring young professionals, and donating his marketing expertise to nonprofits. Uh, he also spends time speaking at various industry conferences on topics around digital marketing, business development, and market engineering. So thank you very much for joining us today, Mr. Khatib. Meg, it's my pleasure. And thanks for um, being understanding. I it's eight o'clock at night. I figure you guys are casual and comfy. I'm going to be casual and comfy. I'm in my evening wear and I'm scarfing down my dinner. So, but yeah, very, very excited to be here and uh, looking forward to the questions. Before I start, let me swallow this broccoli that I'm eating right now before I choke on it. <laughs> so, I guess, you know, I want to fill in a little bit of uh, color at least on my bio, as it relates to you all, um, I know you're all a, a, a lot of very ambitious and aspiring young professionals. And I think that uh, unfortunately these days, a lot of times when you're looking for mentorship or wisdom, you kind of get the sort of same canned answers from people, you know, work really hard, follow your passion, et cetera. I have a little bit more of an edgier approach to these things. Um, and what I mean by that is I like to sort of get straight to the truth. Uh, the kind of truth that most people will not tell you, the kind of truth that sometimes it takes somebody a lifetime or decades to realize, but by the time they do, uh, they've already seen their career and life pass. And so I don't wish that for it. I wish you only the best because if on 
uh, a Wednesday night at 8 p.m. You could be doing a variety of things, and you decided that you're going to log on and watch this live, or even if you're watching this on YouTube, you've already taken the next step, which is you're a person who's deeply interested in figuring out how you can make the biggest impact in this world, and more importantly, um, how you can take yourself to the next level. So for me, a little background, I was born on the border city of El Paso, Texas. Uh, uh, my parents are uh, from the Middle East. I'm a first generation American. So father's from Iraq and my mother's from Turkey. I grew up uh, in El Paso, Texas. Went to college, I focused on being a doctor actually. So I studied pre-med, I did research at Johns Hopkins, I was a Howard Hughes fellow, I did all that. And I finally, you know, after all the blood, sweat, and tears, for those of you who are pre-med to know how hard it is, uh, I got accepted. Not only accepted to a U.S. medical school, but I got pre-accepted. And I got a full scholarship, right? Here's, here's uh, the, the interesting thing. I actually had the lowest MCAT score of my class. Yet somehow, I got pre-accepted to medical school, which is a very hard thing to do. They have that, I think, in most of the country, they, they do that in Texas where you can get pre-accepted, which is instead of getting accepted in March, they send acceptance acceptances uh, six months beforehand and a full scholarship. Now, going through medical school, I realized uh, that I was just, it was not working. So my lifelong dream of being a doctor literally crumbled before my eyes and very slowly because I was there for three years. Uh, I took a year to do research. And it was the first time I really listened to myself. I listened to my intuition and I realized that it wasn't working out for me there. And I could see myself doing other things. So I actually dropped out of medical school. I'll never forget the day that I went to my father, who is a surgeon, a general surgeon. So remember, Arab man, general surgeon, firstborn son, that I'm, I want to drop out of medical school. And he looked at me and said that he 100% supports me because it wasn't going to get any easier. After I left uh, medical school, I was faced with another challenge in my life, right? And, and when I say challenge, these, in my opinion, are not you know, challenges that are, that are that are that daunting. I mean, there are, there are people out there that we have to keep in mind that there's always someone else out there worse off than us. There's somebody out there who, rather than worrying about their next step in life, they're worrying about where they're gonna find their next meal. You know, they might live in an oppressive country where they can't, no matter what they do, no matter how talented they are, they will never climb the social ladder, right? So, so when I say challenges, it's, I kind of laugh because it's like, these are first world challenges. So I, I left med school, didn't know what to do. Um, and so I took action, right? I took action. I started doing door-to-door -door sales in my hometown. Humiliating, humiliating. Because each, each person I went to, the, the businesses I called on were doctor's offices. So day in and day out, go to doctor's office. Oh, you're on market team. Hey, did you start residency yet? You know, what's going on in school? And I went to, you know, it, it was very embarrassing. Explain, oh no, I, I dropped out of medical school. I'm doing this now. Uh, and I'll never forget that there are some people um, who even looked at me, usually uh, other pre-med, pre, you know, mothers of other pre-meds and be like, why, why did you do that? You know? And so I didn't lose hope. I just knew that if I put, myself into action. I took execution. You know, I implemented things, right? And more importantly, see myself being successful, um, that everything was going to work itself out. I know that's a very easy thing to say, but I'll, I'll come back to that in a moment. Got my first gig in surgical robotics, right? 
So my, my next obstacle was that while I was applying to medical device companies and saying, hey, you know, I used to work in, I, I was trained in medicine and I'm a perfect fit for sales, you know, uh, because you're selling to doctors, I know how it works. Every med device company who I talked to said I don't have enough experience or I didn't have any. I would have to start at the very bottom of med devices selling things like band-aids and stuff and work my way up. And I knew that wasn't true. That's the other big key is accepting other people's rules of quote unquote how the world actually works as gospel. And so I really stuck, stuck to it. And then out of the blue, um, I got to work at the very top of medical devices, which is to work in a robotics company. That is very, very difficult, very complicated, right? And then, you know, I'll kind of get into some of my career there because there's a lot of interesting career choices. But the reason why I mentioned this to you guys is this, is that I know that some of you have aspirations for entrepreneurship, right? You might have aspirations for being a doctor or a lawyer. And what I would tell you is that at this age, and I hate to break it to you, most of you don't know what you want. And the reason why I say this is because for the most part, what you think you want has been assigned to you. Very much like people who have opinions about what politics they have, what teams they support, what they're into. A lot of these things are actually assigned to you, right? And, you, and it's very much subconscious. And you think it's your own idea, it's really not. And so, I think the first thing that I would tell you guys is to learn the difference between your intuition and your ego. And this is a very important thing because if you do this, great things will happen to you. And I, can, I, I don't wanna say I can promise it because it's a legally binding term, but I promise you, you will find yourself. I surround myself with some of the best books that I can possibly get my hands on. A lot of you look for mentorship, and I, I was very much like you. I still am. I still am. At age 34, I still look for mentors. And I think mentorship is a very important thing. But what happens? What do you do when you can't find that mentor? Do you just sit around waiting for them? No. The best thing you can do is to take it upon yourself and say, I'm going to be my own mentor. And by saying that, you've now given yourself the responsibility. It's not somebody else's. It's not leading up to chance. And so I look to the great authors of the past, people from, from our, our history, our ancestors, our great ancestors, Stoics, philosophers, presidents, historians, whatever it might be. Of course, there's a lot of like, you know, newly published books where these authors are, are alive. I mean, here's a, here's a great one I recommend. I just started this one. It's, uh, the Almanac of Naval Ravikant. That's kind of a more mainstream one. Very good. But the point is that by doing that, I'm learning from other people. Okay. And one of the things that I want to tell you, and this is, again, I'm, I, I mentioned about the idea of intuition versus ego. And I'm going to tell you what, that, what those two things mean. You think, you think you might know what it means, but you really don't. Um, Carl Jung, who's a famous psychologist, he was one of Freud's great students. He's the one who came up with the idea of the persona, the shadow, and everything. Had this really fascinating idea. And the moment I heard this, I never, I could never see the world the same again. And I'm gonna, you're gonna have that same moment right now. So listen very carefully. Carl Jung said that if you think about interest, right, and attention, it's not something you own. Look at social media companies these days. These companies make billions of dollars off of what? Your attention. Why is that so important? To ask yourself these questions. Why is attention so important? And 
if I tell you all right now, so many of you are in class, right? And you'll try to pay attention. The teacher will say, hey, pay attention to this. Your parents will say, make sure you pay attention to that. But if I tell you to close your eyes right now, you're going to see pictures, videos, images, random things flashing. Where did that come from? If you really could pay attention, then you just go, sit, go to college, you sit down, you do what you're supposed to do, you get A's, and that's it. But you can't. Why? Well, Carl Jung had this idea that your future self, so you in the future, and this is kind of getting a little sci-fi-ish, but bear with me. You have a future version of yourself who, let's say, is, is, is the perfect you. It's a self-actualized you, the most fulfilled version of you. And that version of you in the future communicates with you today. How? That version of you in the future communicates with you today through your attention. Have you ever noticed that you might be you know, going through the internet or maybe you find a book or you find something and you're transfixed by it. You become almost obsessed by it. You, you, an idea, it possesses you. There's this, there's this old saying that people don't have ideas. Ideas have people, right? That's what everybody at some point had the idea of Uber, but there's only one guy who actually did it, right? Ideas have people. And so this is what it means to be possessed by an idea. And so when that future version of yourself communicates with you today, right? And all of a sudden, some idea, something, you become transfixed by it. That's a signal of your future self telling you that, hey, if you pay attention deeper here, you, put, you take action for this. Not just pay attention, you take action for this, you'll get closer to self-actualization. You'll get closer to the truth of who you are. One of the things, again, Naval Ravikant, for those of you who don't know, is a wildly, wildly successful entrepreneur, uh, venture capitalist, essentially. One of the things he says in this book is, you know, pick up a lot of skills, learn a lot of things, but you're really going to be only good at one or two things because those are the things you're going to be most passionate about, right? And again, this whole idea of passion, I'm passionate about this, I'm passionate about that. Focus on where does your interest go? And here's the key between intuition and ego. I know this is a long monologue and we're gonna, I want to jump to Q&A, but I want to prep everybody with some ideas. Your ego, everyone knows what the ego is, right? It makes you puff up your chest and you're, you know, you're, you're really proud of stuff. Here's, here's what you don't know about ego. Ego's there for a reason. It protects you. It does all these things. But ego is there because it's the first thing that turns on you. When you're trying to, to apply to a college or you, you want to ask, let's say you see somebody who, it's a really attractive person you want to ask them out on a date and it doesn't go the way you want the ego the thing that pushed you to say yeah i'm good enough i can do it the moment you fail the ego is the first thing to turn around and say you know what i told you you're not good enough you didn't deserve this person you didn't deserve to be there you're not them that's not you you're not at that level it's the first thing to turn on your intuition though is different so your ego wants details it's the thing that says oh what college will i go to so I can put that brand on my on a piece of paper. What, what company? Oh, I want to work at Google because I want to tell people I work at Google, right? It's not about you. It's about putting on a show for other people. That takes you farther away from yourself. Money, fame, all these things, nothing wrong with them. But when you focus on those things, it takes you farther away from who you really are versus your intuition. Your intuition is... Is, is natural, it's ancient. 
It's built into you in every single person and being. We see animals do it all the time. Animal, you know, an earthquake is about to happen. The animals get scared, they run away, right? We say it's animal instincts. We have that same instinct. We call it intuition. That intuition is that thing where you meet somebody and there's something about them you just don't trust. And your ego says, no, you don't even know this person. How should you be judging them, blah, blah, blah. And you just, your intuition is like, just don't judge, don't, don't trust that person. And you find out later that they're, you know, a liar. They're a nefarious person. Or, you know, and you, you know, it's that, that thing that when something happens, you say, dang it, I knew it. I had this feeling. That feeling is your intuition. And the thing about the intuition, and this is, this is how you, how you take grave steps. Look, you know, uh, I'll show you my, my, my library here. You know, so I have all my books here. Right above there, I have this tapestry. It says courage, right? Courage. What does it mean to have courage? It means to follow your intuition when you, when you don't know. Because your intuition will never give you details. It will never tell you for certain this is what it's going to do. In this other room right over here, my wife is sitting. I've always been, <laughs> throughout my life, I've been like a single guy. I, I, the longest relationship I had was nine months. The moment I met my wife, she was over in Turkey, overseas relationship, right? And I was a young guy, I was 30 years old. I had a house in downtown Orlando, Florida. I was living it up. And my intuition, it, for some reason, after the first few conversations that I, I talked to her, we met through my aunt. I, we talked literally through Snapchat. I met my wife through Snapchat, okay? My aunt introduced us. And my intuition said, this is, this is going to be your wife. Like, I just felt it. And I was like, I don't even know this person. But then I, I just listened to her. And after a few months of a long-distance uh, 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 relationship, and we met only one time in person, I started dating her. And about a few months later, I proposed. People said I was crazy. I thought I was crazy. But I listened to my intuition. As scary as it was, it felt right. And that was the best decision I made because I had, hands down, the greatest wife any man could ever ask for. Aside from the fact she's wonderful, she's supportive and everything, I can go to this wife, wife of mine and tell her today, I want to go build a company like SpaceX and compete with Elon Musk, and my wife will believe in me more than I believe in myself. Anyway, long sidebar. But my point is this, is that your intuition, the thing that you, that feeling you have, you have to start practicing to use that. There's one thing I can teach you in this whole lesson. I can tell you about what books to read, BS advice about career, whatever. But if this one lesson, if you listen to me carefully and listen, listen to the sound of my voice, listen to how, 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 how focused and intense I'm, I'm being right now about this. You will, you will be successful. You will get everything that you want. If you do this, you gotta figure out the difference between your intuition and your ego. The way you do that is practice using that. Simple things as you go to the store and you're like, okay, intuition, what am I gonna buy today? You just listen to yourself. Friend calls you up and says, hey man, we're gonna go, you know, so-and-so's having people over uh, this Saturday. Do you wanna come? Before you answer, you just feel, and if, if, if you're just like, eh, you just say, no, I'm not interested. Don't come up with an excuse like I'm busy. Everything you just say, no, I'm not interested. Build that confidence up. You don't have to have a reason. You just listen to yourself. So there's like my long, uh, 
monologue. I wanted to set the stage a little bit and preface it ahead of time. So Becca, why don't we jump into some Q&A um, and see what, what kind of questions we have. Right. Well, thank you very much for that. That was very, very insightful. Um, but I guess one of the questions that really popped into my mind and that, that we prepared beforehand was as an extremely practiced and successful marketer and entrepreneur, I guess, what can you tell us a little bit about what entrepreneurship is and what marketing is in like the real world? Yeah, sure. So, uh, so let me start with, with what entrepreneurship is. I think entrepreneurship can be many things, you know, um, it's just like beauty. Beauty, beauty is, is, is many things to many people, right? If it wasn't, we'd all be chasing the same thing. So entrepreneurship is really whatever you make of it. Entrepreneurship can mean something as simple as I'm going to go, I have this idea. I'm going to go, uh, create an, a minimally viable product, like a, a, a very prototypey version of it. See if people like it. If people like it, let me see if I can get people to buy it. If people buy it, hey, let me go raise money and, and hire some people so we can scale this thing. Or it could be something as simple as this. This is a perfect example of entrepreneurship. So for those of you who, who, who missed it earlier, I started a company in mine uh, five years ago. It's called PS Mister, M-I-S-T-E-R. It's a fashion and vending company. It was a project and you know it's still there, selling products, doing this little thing. But it was a passion project that I took off with. Here's another version of entrepreneurship. I started building a garage gym. And part of that is I like to practice my sales and marketing skills. So when I noticed one gym selling a bunch of kettlebells, uh, I think, yeah, seven or eight of them, all of them were 70 pounds. I said, you know, if I'm really good at marketing, I'm going to buy all these kettlebells. I'm going to flip them for a profit. So out of my own garage gym, I turned it into a little business and I sell gym equipment out of it. I mean, it's not something that's going to pay the bills, right? But it's a fun little entrepreneurial project. It, 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 it gives me that little entrepreneurial itch I need to get, get out of my system, right? Um, I think there's a, there's a concept called intrapreneurs, I-N-T-R-A, right? Intra, like within, intrapreneur. An intrapreneur within a company is somebody who starts something new within a company, whether it's a project or perhaps a new initiative, something around culture or even a product, right? There's many ways, many ways to... Think of yourself as an entrepreneur, an entrepreneur, right? And of course, you're going to run into people who are going to tell you otherwise, like, oh, to be a real entrepreneur, you have to do this, or you have to go to Y Combinator. You define what that is, right? And when it comes to marketing, marketing, again, big, big thing. It means a lot of different things to a lot of different people. The way that I see marketing is a function where you mold and shape a market and channel the existing desires of it towards a product or service that you have. And this is a very key point that a lot of people miss. Some of the great, you know, most tenured and seasoned marketers do not understand this concept. As a marketer and as an entrepreneur, I would say, your job is not to create desire. That's a really expensive thing to do, right? What I mean by that is you don't make a product and then try and create a desire for people to buy it. What you have to do is figure out what underlying desires are there in the world? Where's the need? And when you figure that out, then you say, you know what? I got the perfect thing to, 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 to fix that, right? 
that's what the greatest uh, companies are built on, is answering the question, who is this for and what's it do, right? And to get there, you have to understand what's the problem that you're solving. That's the question. One thing, I, another thing I, I'll tell you, the quality of your life is going to be reflected in the quality of questions you ask yourself. Simple questions, such as, do I really want to go to XYZ University? And, re, and not, a, not a BS uh, answer to it, like, yeah, well, you know, do I want to go to San Francisco? Really sit with it. Reflect on these simple questions, right? Um, so that's in a nutshell what entrepreneurship and marketing is. I mean, that's the, it's a, the, those two things. I mean, I, those are hour long conversations, but hopefully I kind of answered that for you. No, that was great. Thank you very much for that. Um, and then another question we have for you is, I guess, what are your biggest takeaways from your overall experiences from stuff like Potrero Medical and, and stuff from PS Mister? What, what, what are your biggest takeaways from that? What have you learned from your years of experience? Very good question, because again, I got to sum up a lot of stuff into one thing, but I like it. You're doing, you're doing a hell of a job, by the way, Becca. I like, I like the questions you're asking. So a couple things. One is, I think one is coming, coming to terms with what you really want, what you're willing to put up with, right? When you get paid, you're getting paid to put up with things, right? You're being paid to put up with stress. When you go from a director to a VP to CEO, you're technically being paid for more responsibility and to have more, to take on more stress. So you have to be willing to immediately come to terms with what are you willing to sacrifice? That's a big question. What are you willing to sacrifice? What are you willing to give up? Because that tells you a lot, right? So for me, um, there are things that I'm not willing to sacrifice. So for example, I'm not willing to sacrifice who I am, again, intuitively, to work for a place. And I'll, I'll, a perfect example of that, and again, Becca, please share my, uh, I guess my, so my LinkedIn and YouTube, it's all Omar, Omar and Fatih. Many years ago, I, I tried to hide that because I thought it was unprofessional. I thought like, oh, I don't want people in the company to uh, uh, make me feel bad. And it was shame, right? Shame is the great project killer. It's the thing that in history, when you look at history, it's the thing that we used to keep people in line. We used it to keep minorities in line. We used it to keep women in line. We used it to keep children in line. We used it to oppress people. Shame is a project killer. And the moment you start taking on other people's shame, including your own parents and own family, you are not living based on the true meaning of what uh, of who you are, right? You're not living by your own rules. You're living by someone else's expectations and goals. And so I mentioned that because part of who I am is I'm a creator. Yes, I'm a business person or a businessman, but I'm an artist at heart as well. I have to create. And so every week for the last two years, I make a book review video. You know, this week I, I did a book review video where I dressed up in a jujitsu, you know, to make a point. Is that silly? Is it, is it kind of a, uh, yeah, I mean, it is a little silly. It, it, it is in a, in, a, in a bit, but I don't care 
that's 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 who I am, right? I like to be creative. I like to get attention. I like to persuade and storytell. That's who I am, and I'm not apologizing for it. And I came this turn a couple years ago when I was, I think, 30, when I was 31. And when I started working for Trail, I sat down with the CEO. And the first thing that I told him, I said, let me let me tell you who I am. Because he wanted, he he came and, uh, and wanted me to consult, and then he wanted me to work full time. And I said, look, Joe, and I, I have a, a huge amount of respect for him, by the way. I said, here's who I am. I love speaking at conferences. I'm a public speaker. I enjoy it. I love sharing uh, information with my peers. I love creating. I do videos. I write articles. I do all of this. You got a problem with this? And he's like, absolutely not. I love that. I love that about you. And I love that, that that's who you are. And he's like, and he, and he went further. He's like, I think you should do more of it. That's the kind of person that you want to go work for. Somebody who likes to be who you are, right? And again, let me, again, I'm going on a riff here. And Beckett, I blame you because you're asking very good questions. But there's no such thing as, as work-life balance, school life. It's all the same thing, right? Am I the same person at home as I am at work? No. I act like a maniac around my wife. Like I do all kinds of you know hilarious things to make her laugh. I don't do that at work. That being said, though, who I am at home, who I am at work, who I am with all, you know, in different circles, they deviate only by a small amount of it, a uh, small amount. Because the other way is when you're trying to be someone completely different at work, you're putting on a persona, what Young calls persona, a mask, someone completely different at work, and, and yet you're trying to hide something else. You're, you know, you, you're, you're in a rock band or whatever, I, you know, whatever it might be. You will you'll have dissonance. You will split your character. You will, that'll, that'll cause you to be very sad because you're, you're switching so much. A lot of actors, they go into this deep depression because when they have so many roles after so many years, they forget who they are because they're playing different people, right? So one of the things, I, one takeaway I would, I would say is know, know who you are. Know what you're willing to sacrifice. And again, what does this all go back to? Knowing the difference between your intuition and ego. I'm 34. I'm still learning how to pull those things apart. It's very hard. It's very, very, very hard to do that. And, and it takes time and practice every day right so know who you are know what you're willing to sacrifice the other thing i would say is there's a balance and and this is and try to keep these two ideas in your head on one side believe in yourself have conviction have confidence right but every day remind yourself that you're a fucking idiot and you don't know anything because if you do that if you do that and i don't mean swear but you know i'm being real here if you do that, that forces you to do things. One, and again, that's why, you know, if you don't have the confidence, look, when I started in marketing, I never took a single course. I was, I was very uh, uh, insecure because I was like, I don't have an MBA, I don't have anything. Guess what I did? I went and read all the great books from the greatest marketers, greatest copywriters, greatest business people in the world so I could think like them, act like them, make those decisions, talk like them, right? I, I realized a few years ago, I don't know how to do frameworks. Like, you know, like if I have an idea, I don't know how to do framework. I, I went in and did research and you know who makes billions of dollars every year on that? Management consulting. So what did I do? Actually, it's right here. I was looking at it earlier today. I went and I bought key management models. I bought McKinsey, you know, McKinsey Mind to learn how does a management consultant think? How do they train? Rely on yourself, be confident. But the other side about Tell, remind yourself that you don't know anything. 
the reason why I say that is that when you have humility, you'll always have curiosity. And it's important to be curious because when you're curious, and again, there's no separation between work-life balance. The way I am with work is the same way I am with my wife, my parents, and everybody else. When you, when you realize you don't know anything about the world and things always change, every single day you make it as if it's your, it's like a light, like it's like, you know, life or death that you have to find out. You make, you make a habit of finding out because if you do that, Every single day, you might have a model, you know, I might have a model, I had a model in my head of how marketing works. And then guess what the pandemic hits. So because I was curious and I said, what I'm doing isn't working, I need to change these things. Then I go and find out what's the new thing. And even though I may not be great at it, right? I quickly innovate, I, I iterate, I pivot. And lo and behold, you know, I'm very grateful. Of course, I have a great team at my company who've been successful during this pandemic in terms of getting commercial traction you know, generating leads and marketing, right? Because when you get very curious, even when you have, again, a lot of confidence, and this is again, pulling ego and intuition apart, you pay very, very close attention, including if you're having a discussion with somebody, and let's just say 99% of what you're saying and what you know, you know for damn sure it's, it's correct. But there's still that 1% chance, that 1% that you may not be fully correct on. And so by doing that, you pay close attention to what the other person's telling you, what they're pointing out, because they might give you that one little tidbit that you take and you add to that mental model in your head and it changes things. Changes things about you, changes the things about how you view the world, right? Sometimes when you pay very close attention to people, they'll tell you these things. There's a thing in, in hypnosis that um, they say that people will tell you exactly what they want without even realizing and think about that that little that that thing that I just told you. Think about that very closely. Actually, uh, one of my I like to say he's my mentor from afar, uh, Scott Adams, uh, who I've befriended over the years. He's a great author. He's a trained hypnotist. He taught me that. People tell you exactly what they want without even realizing it. Think about that that one little lesson right there. How that's going to change your life in in your relationships, your family, your work, your friends, right? The wisdom is there for you guys, right? You just have to go out and find it and you have to pay very close attention. It's probably gone through, gone in front of your face many times, but you just didn't know how to pay attention. Awesome. That's great. And I mean, on, on a similar line, on a similar front, do you have any hard or soft skills that you would, that you employ every day and that maybe someone my age or someone in the high school or college level could employ, whether this is to overcome challenges or obstacles or just to be more successful in general? Do you have any tips or tricks? Absolutely. Absolutely. And <clears throat> what I would say is uh, I'm, I'm, I need to make an admission here. So if you couldn't tell, if you can't tell already, you know, so I'm a man, I got a beard. You know. So, so some of this, this advice is, is kind of like, for the most part, I don't think it's, I really don't think it's geared, geared towards, towards guys. I think it's, it's geared towards, towards anyone, but I've been told that sometimes this is, you know, doesn't apply to everyone. I don't agree. I'm just going to put preface it by saying that. What I would say as a young person from now until you're 30, what your job is to do three things. Okay. Three things. Number one, what, to whatever extent or ability you can. Because not again, not everybody's the same. 
train yourself physically, right? Exercise, get it, stay in good, ha- good health. Be disciplined about what you eat, what you do, right? So take care of your health, right? Number two, become a learning machine. Your brain right now is not fully developed. Your brain stops growing right around 25, 26. You have limited time to train yourself. Train yourself on how to read, right? Because that, no matter, I don't care what you go into, that's going to be a very valuable skill. And don't take my word for it. There is a damn good reason that Mark's, and I hate saying this, but it, it is what it is. Mark Zuckerberg, Bill Gates, Warren Buffett, all of them, I think some of them, two of them said that they're, they're, they pick a superpower would be the ability to like read anything super fast. And there's a reason why they read a lot. Warren Buffett in his age, he says, he's like, oh, I slowed down a little bit. I read only six, 700 pages a day. Bill Gates every year, he takes one, two weeks off, goes to his cabin, no internet, no thing. He takes a bunch of books and just reads, right? There's a reason for that. Listen to people who are wildly successful, do what they're doing. Look, Amazon is the most wildly successful company on planet earth right now. What did they get started in? They got started in, in, in selling books. That doesn't mean you should read more books, but I just, I mean, you get the point I'm trying. You know? So become a learning machine. And what I would say is this, look, take things you, and you learn from the world around you and say, okay, I'm addicted in this way. How can I engineer my environment, right? So we're all addicted to opening our phone and checking apps and switching around, right? Why is that? It's because we're, our attention's all over the place. So guess what? Do that with books. Why do you think it's not an accident? Look, I have books over there. I got books on the floor. I got books over here. So that no matter what, look, I got even more books on the uh, lining my couch, right? So that if I'm if not in the mood to read one book, I'll just jump and read the other book. If I'm reading a book and it sucks, don't stop reading it, right? Don't play by other people's rules. So learn how to learn how to to read, read a lot, read broadly. Okay. So let's go over that real quick. Focus on your health, mental health, physical health, right? Learn, start learning about that, like reading about it, implementing it, etc. Number two, become a learning machine, right? Start reading. Um, I'm probably going to go over three things because now I'm thinking of other things. Uh, the third, and I'm going to give some tips. I know everybody, everybody loves tips and short hacks. I'm going to give you some. Okay. Um, the other thing, the other thing that I would say, um, as a young person, is start taking some risks. Don't be afraid to try things. If you want to take a new class, like go for it. Who cares? You fail a big deal. Whatever, move on. It's not going to kill you, right? Um, you know, if you want to take, if you don't feel like you want to start college, for example, you want to take a year off and let's say work. There's nothing wrong with that. Okay. Don't be rigid. This is the time of your life to be flexible, to try things, to take risks, you know? And there are going to be people older than you who are going to tell you not to do that, right? That's what they're supposed to do. Try new things, right? Um, and here's some, here's, some, here's some hacks, okay? Here's some, some interesting disciplines, okay? Discipline number one, okay? Everybody talks about creativity, innovation, and everything. What the hell does that mean? Let me give you something actually tangible. Creativity, just like being an all-star basketball player or anything else, does not happen overnight. People are not, in my opinion, I think everyone is, depending on how you define creativity, 
everyone's born creative. So if you want to talk about creativity in the business sense, right? Like creative in the business sense where you can turn it into a career or make money, whatever, that doesn't happen overnight or by accident. So here's what you should do. Every single day, and I, what I would say to all of you, do make a commitment and do this for 30 days. Do it as a group of friends. Every day you wake up, you're going to write down 10 ideas. And this is actually not my idea. This is James Altucher. I, I'm a big fan of James. Write down 10 ideas of anything. It could be silly ideas. It could be ideas for a book. It could be what he calls idea sex. He takes two ideas and says, okay, how can I combine these things? Like, you know, um, a book and I don't know. I'm surrounded by books. I can't, I can't pull an idea from, from that one, to be honest with you. <laughs> um, okay, look, look, a book and a map. Well, maybe, maybe I make a map uh, about, you know, a map that shows like great books and where they're published and put it all over the world. Like that's an idea, right? 10 ideas a day and force yourself to do this because that's how you start developing this idea muscle, right? You can tell who creative people are because you put them in a room and just say, let's brainstorm. They can start coming up with ideas left and right. And the way you get to a really good idea, guys, is you go through a lot of shitty ones at first, right? You know, Elon Musk, Martin, they didn't just wake up and make these great companies out of thin air, right? They built their way to it. They had a lot of failures. Start practicing that, right? So that's, that's one thing I would say. The other thing I would tell you as a young person, and again, um, uh, there's a couple of books I want to recommend. I, I really uh, uh, encourage you to buy these. One is The Defining Decade. <clears throat> the Defining Decade is, is for, you know, it's for your 20s. It was written by a psychologist. It tells you about how to take advantage of your 20s from a personal level, social, everything. Super important. What you do in your 20s, it really defines who you are. It sets you up for a lot in life. doesn't mean you can't change later on in life. You definitely can. What I'm saying is build that person, you know, in your 20s. The second one is a wonderful one. I highly recommend it. It's called How to Fail at Everything, How to Fail at Almost Everything and Still Win Big by Scott Adams. And as a personal favor to me, uh, and I just want to take a moment to talk about this book very quickly. Scott Adams um, is somebody who I look up to and admire a lot. He's, I consider him a friend. Um, and he wrote this book 10 years, almost 10 years ago for his stepson who died of an overdose. So it's a very sentimental book to Scott, but this book changed my life. It will change your life if you let it, right? Um, and so if, when you read it, if you want to tweet at him or give him a shout out, like on LinkedIn, definitely Twitter, he's on there a lot do it. It means the world to him. And, and let me give you another great tip. And again, this is something that I was doing before, but I didn't realize the system of it until I met Scott. Don't focus on goals too much. All right. And this is super controversial. Actually, this is, I, I kind of want to riff on this a bit. Beckett, how are we on time, by the way? We're good. Uh, we can go for 15 minutes if that works for you. That works for me. If we go a little bit over, you know, I'm, I'm okay with it too, but I know that everyone's got a limited time. Um, so systems over goals. Here's this is a very this is again as important as the intuition thing. Here's the problem with goals. Goals are great directionally, right? It gives you something to aim at. That's good, right? The problem with goals is that they're very very self-limiting, right? And again, especially when you're young, you're you know some of you. I don't want to speak for all of you. 
Many of you or some of you might know exactly what you want to do. That is great. For most people, that's not always the case. And so you don't know what you don't know. And so sometimes, again, look at me. I thought I wanted to be a doctor and I focus on medical school. That was a goal. I achieved that goal. That didn't work out. It is what it is. Right? It worked out. I made it work out. <laughs> but goals are great for being for aiming, right? What you should orient your mind towards is systems, right? What systems are are things that are easily easy to implement on a daily basis, things that you can build on, and it's not a succeed or fail. Tim Ferriss, he's really big in implementing systems as well. It has nothing to do with succeeding or failing. A lot of it has to do with growing your network, learning more, etc. Okay. And let me give you a perfect example of that. Here's a system versus goal. And again, you guys are all young high school college students. So I'm sure you'll appreciate this. But back when I was a high school student, when I was single, there was a girl, let's say that I liked a lot. Okay. In high school, the goal, a goal would be, I really like this girl and I want her to be my girlfriend. So I'm going to change the way I dress. I'm going to learn what she likes, you know, it's a, to get her to be my girlfriend, right? That's a goal. The problem with that as a goal is that I'm going to spend all this time and energy and that's going to be a binary thing. Either I'm going to get it or not. What if this girl has a boyfriend at another school, right? What if this girl moves away in a year? What if this girl, her sexual orientation, orientation um, isn't, you know, she's not interested in guys, right? I don't know. I don't have control over these things. And so you can end up and think about that one example put it to careers and a lot of other things. Here's how a system is going to be better. Same girl. And I just say, you know what? I really like this girl. I'd like to take her out, but there might be another girl that I don't even know about that. I, I might like a lot more. Right. And so what I'm going to do is that every day I'm, I think I'm going to do like a, a few pushups every day to, to kind of get in better shape. And then once a week, I'm going to read from, uh, some men's fashion magazines. I'm going to learn how to dress better. And then every day I have to go and talk to five people. I don't know it, at school. I'm just going to go to random people and try and start a conversation to build my confidence up. And then you start adding these skills together, right? So in the process, yeah. Does that help me perhaps go out with this girl? Yes. But in reality, it opens up a world where I'm de developing these skills. And no matter what I do, these skills are going to help me in all kinds of areas in my life. Plus, it might actually help me get a girl who's even better than this person that I think I like. Because the way the universe works is that many times you don't really know what you want or what you are, are about to get. And a lot of great, successful people, they say that I would have never imagined that it would have turned out like this, right? That's working a system, right? And so the reason why I mentioned that is that it goes back to what are skills that you can focus on developing that doesn't matter what you do it's going to be valuable to you. So for example, um, a system, a, a great system is again, um, every day I'm going to do a certain amount of exercise to a certain level that I want. That's going to keep you healthy no matter what you do. So I do hundred pushups every single morning. Every day I do some level of exercise to however I see fit. Um, another system, learning how to do public speaking, right? That's not a succeed or fail thing. That's a continuing education thing. Learning about persuasion, all these different things, they work together as a system so they can, yeah, help you get towards those goals that you want. But in the grand scheme of things, it helps you, it helps open up your entire world to things that you would have never even thought of.
a quick example of this I just want to share. Here's a, here's a way of working a goal versus system for many of you who are going to start looking for a job out of college. A goal is to say, I want to go work for Google. Nothing wrong with that. That's fine. Problem is, what if you'd be miserable at Google? Oh, but I don't, you know, it's Google. Believe me, they don't have 100% retention rate. And I know plenty of people who go there and quit. There's a reason. You don't know what you don't know. So what you say is, okay, I want to go work for Google. So the goal would be, I'm going to spruce up my resume and send it in. That's a goal. Succeed or fail. The other side of it is, again, asking interesting questions, right? So working a system, which is, what would it take for me to work at a place like Google or somewhere better? You know, developing my, 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 uh, my skill set, right? Uh, uh, here's another one, right? Because some people say, well, I don't have time. Like, I need, a, I need to get a job in the next few months. Well, here's the other thing. How do you expose your brand, who you are, to more people so they know who you, who you are instead of trying to compete with everybody on paper, right? So then you say, okay, you know what? I'm going to go on LinkedIn. I'm going to learn how to uh, connect with people. And, oh, I see people making videos on LinkedIn and posting. And I see that a lot of CEOs from these big companies are liking these, like, managers posts and everything. Well, maybe I should, maybe I'll make some posts and connect with the CEO and do that as well, right? Hey, you know what? People are connecting with me and, and engaging with my post. Maybe what if what if I, I did a post and I and I wrote about what the CEO did at this company, like this really cool thing, and I and I talk about that and what I learned from it. Oh my God, I did that, and the whole company's talking about this post now, and all these people are connecting with me. What if I do that? So what I just explained to you is literally what I did the last few years when I was younger, right? Because again, this whole idea of asking really good questions, getting creative, taking risks, not listening. I can't tell you how many people told me like, Omar, why are you, you know, writing articles? And then, you know, you don't have an MBA and this is kind of silly. Listen to your intuition, right? Because when I start to really listen to my intuition, here's what happened. I ended up leaving a job in Orlando. I got moved out to San Francisco, the most expensive and competitive city in the world. Someone else paid to move me out here. I got a great job. I left that job, moved to another one. I got hired at Petrero, where I'm literally running, I'm running all the growth and marketing strategies I want because the CEO of this company found out about me because he was reading my articles four years ago when he was a director at another company. And he remembers those. And those articles were the same articles that I had family members and I had friends even saying, why are you writing these articles? Like you're writing an article once a week, like, Who's reading this? And, and what, what background do you have? And what authority do you have to write these? And I remember just telling him, I said, I don't know, but I just have this feeling and I, I, I just feel like I should do it and I'm going to do it. And so I think the one thing I would, again, tell you all is listen to your intuition because the more you're able to, life, the, the, the best parts of life are, are not easy to get, right? And it's like that for a reason. Right. Getting, making a lot of money, even making a six figure salary. It's, it's not technically easy. Right. I mean, I want to say it's easy. You should be confident, but it doesn't happen by accident. And I think the reason for that is that you have to peril through hell a little bit to get to that next level. Right. It's like climbing a mountain. So to get to that next level of who you are as a person, whether it's just like artists or the entrepreneur or a great employee, a great father or husband or whatever that is 
you have to push through the shame. You have to push through the pressure of what people are telling you to do and everything. And you have to start re reading books, learning more about yourself and about your mind, and then listening to your intuition. Because once you do that, it's scary. You will take steps where you're like, I don't know why, but I feel like I should quit this job and look for another one. And then when you take those big steps, it's like the world opens up to a new level of you, a new level for you. This is why crazy entrepreneurs like Elon Musk, he does these things and they're like, he's going to fail. And he keeps going up and up and up and up because he's literally going higher and higher in the simulation. And that's a whole other story. Higher and higher up in this video game of life because he's, he knows like, yeah, he's like, there's this pressure, there's a shame, there's this thing. And, and they say it's difficult. I just gotta, I know if I just push through that, I'll get to this next level. And once I'm there, I can hang out here and I go up another one. So kind of a long drawn out answer. Uh, but I, I, I think we have time for a few, few more. What do you think, Becca? Yes, I agree. I, that was a phenomenal answer. And you provided a lot of insight. Um, as well as strategies. So thank you very much for that. Um, and then maybe we can wrap up on this question. It's, it's definitely a broad one, but can you, can you speak a little bit about mentorship as maybe a mentor or as a mentee? How, how are you a teacher or maybe a learner and what role does that play? Yeah. Uh, I, I'm a great question. So, uh, I'll, let me start first as, um, let me start first as a mentee, right? Because everyone's trying to get a mentor. What I would say is uh, you, you, sometimes you can't pick your mentors, right? Because sometimes you, you really want someone to mentor you and it may not happen. So you have to pay very close attention to those who are willing to teach you. And it could be, I mean, look, there, there are people that I disagree with all the time, you know, but you have to be willing to look Knowledge, knowledge isn't meant to be linear. It's not meant to be this like quick, 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 uh, this little quip that you get and you like, you just, you know, like, oh, there it is, you know? Yeah, you have to, you have to work for it, you know? Um, and it's very much, it, it's kind of like, uh, like mathematics, right? If you don't know basic algebra, there's no way in hell you can just jump straight to statistics or Cal 2 and know what the hell that is or even physics and appreciate the beauty that's there, right? Because you don't even have that foundation. So what I would say is you have to work, work towards knowledge, right? And it could be something as simple as, hey, you know what? I, I, need, to, I need to be better about um, being more responsible, right? I need to be better about doing my chores, maybe cleaning up after myself, tending to my room. Um, you know, start small. It doesn't have to be this big, like, just start small and build yourself up. And when it comes to mentors, pay attention, pay attention to who's willing to give you advice. Cause maybe, and, and what I would say is, look, some of my great mentors who I love very dearly, I'll go to them for advice on certain topics. I'm not gonna go to them for other things, right? One, you know, one person there, I have a lot of respect for this person as a business person. I'm not going to that person for, for uh, uh, marriage advice. So you have to pick and choose what they're, what each person's good at. And there's this tendency where, you see something that's somebody that's wildly, wildly successful, but they have to figure out across the board that's not the case. So pay attention to who, who, who's willing to give you advice. And then don't be afraid to ask. One thing I, I'll tell you, it does not last. And you guys have all this now. You're young. Look, I can't tell you how many different people reach out to me to do all kinds of webinars and everything. 
when Beckett reached out to me, I said, absolutely. Like you're a young high school student. I love what you're doing and everything. I'll do it. Don't be afraid. Get on LinkedIn. Get on LinkedIn from now. Start networking. You can literally get on the phone with the CEO of one of the big Fortune 100 companies and they'll give you their time, right? You just have to ask. That's the biggest thing. People forget that. Just ask. Don't be afraid. And there are going to be plenty of times that you don't hear back or whatever. Again, think of it like this. If you really want it badly, you'll find a way to get a mentor, right? If there's one CEO, for whatever reason, you're focused on getting a hold of him or her and talking to them. If they don't respond to your first message, you won't take that as a if I was a always think of this, pretend that a genie told you, hey, you're going to get this thing that you want, but you need to fail 10 times. And on the 11th time, it'll happen. I guarantee you'll do it. You'll fail with a smile on your face. If I told you, hey, making this up, you can, you can, you can get a, you'll meet Bill Gates, but you have to message him, email, call him a thousand times in this next year and the thousand and one time that you do it it'll happen if i told you that you would you would make it you would go go to town on that so don't forget don't be afraid to, to reach out and the, and on on the topic of being a mentee and again this is these are, these are the what i like to focus on are the things that no one ever told me and nobody talks about does anyone know how to be a good mentee no one talks about that right Here's how you be a good mentee, okay? And especially when you're younger. First, obviously, pick your mentors well because you might pick somebody and they give you shitty advice and, you know, you're stuck with them. When someone gives you advice, especially about something they really know well, listen to it, take that advice, and then put it into action. Take action on it. The most demoralizing thing that happens for me when I deal with mentees, and especially some, when someone comes and asks to get mentored by me, I, it's like boot camp. They hate me while they're going through. They love me later on, though. Because if it doesn't work out, that's fine. But you have to take action to things. Otherwise, my words are lost. They're waste, right? So as a mentee, when you ask for advice, take the advice and take action on it. And as you get older, as you – it has nothing even to do with age. As you start to learn about your intuition and ego, then you can choose, like, you know what? I know they, they gave me that advice, but I – just don't feel, I don't, I don't know if that's the right thing for me, right? That's fine. But again, if you're asking for advice, be ready to take action on it. Um, and what I would say is the, a, great, a great trick to mentorship, let's just say you, um, you, got, you, got to, you got mentorship from your dream person, whoever that might be. Imagine, imagine your dream person, you're going, you, know, you, you get them on the phone. Have three problems for them. Specifically, say, hey, you know, here's my situation. Here's question number one. What what should I do for blank? Blah 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 blah. Here's the problem number two. You know, so have them talk about the three problems, right? Three problems, whatever, or not three problems. I'm sorry. It could be whatever you want to talk about. Talk it through with them. Get their advice. And at the end of the conversation, you say, hey, I'm an adult. I'm responsible for this. But if I were to um, deliver three promises to you in a month from now, based on what we just talked about, what three promises would you tell me to deliver on? And, and, and I, and say, please excuse me. I need you just for this moment to pretend that I'm somebody you deeply, deeply care about. Pretend that I'm like, I'm your son or pretend that I'm, I'm a nephew. Just, I need you to just pretend because I, I want to make sure I get the best advice out of you. 
And then they're going to, that'll cast them off guard. People love that. They'll tell you, yeah, you have to do this, this, and that. Take those three promises and say, wonderful. Is it, could I follow up with you in a month and let you know how I'm doing with those three promises? And most, unless they're a jerk, they'll say, yeah, absolutely. You follow up in a month and you say, hey, I delivered. I did this. I did this. I did this. Here are the results. Here's my, here's my new situation. What three, what, what are three more promises I can make from that, right? That's how you develop. And in the meantime, in the meantime, here's the other thing. If you have a great mentor, if you want more mentorship, learn what's important to that mentor. Ask him. So a perfect example. And again, um, I know we're a few minutes over time, Beckett. Are, are we okay? Yeah, no, this is totally fine. Okay. Um, so uh, Scott Adams is a great example. So Scott Adams, again, world famous author, uh, brilliant uh, uh, man. He predicted, <laughs> this is important. I mean, I thought this was just shocking. He predicted the 2016 election almost two years in advance. So he, he, he's brilliant. He, he's a really sharp guy and, and he's somebody that I really look up to. So I asked him for help, you know, uh, with, um, I'm going to be writing a book, so I'm working on it. And he, he, I did the same thing that I just told you guys about. And before I even asked him for anything, I spent literally two, and this is just my, how I decided to do it. I spent two years on Twitter, retweet, you know, retweeting his stuff, engaging it, trying to amplify this stuff. I'm a big fan of his books. So I, I used my channel and I, I did book reviews on his, on his two books. I knew he had one coming out. Um, he was looking for somebody to interview. I got him somebody to interview. I did things to help him. I helped him. So in a way, if you know about how persuasion works, there's a lot of reciprocity already built up. So of course, like he, he genuinely felt that he had to pay me back in a way, but in a way he felt good about it because I, I was there doing stuff for, for a while without asking for anything. Right. Um, and of course, after he gave me that advice and helped me, I continued to help him because my, the biggest thing is how, how can you just put it out in the world and just go out of your way to help people? Right. And what I would tell you, and this is why, again, I'm getting on this call at eight o'clock at night um, to do this one, because I love, I love mentoring, I love high school students and, and it's my way of giving back. And I encourage you guys to connect with me. And if you want to, you want advice, tell me, I'll get on the phone with you and give it to you. But what I would say is this, is that every single thing that that's happened in my life, that was good. Everything, every single thing happened as a result of somebody else helping me. I work hard. I'm, you know, I'm charismatic, ambitious, all these things, but it happened as a, as a result of me being helped by someone else. And so in any way possible that I can pay that forward, even when I'm trying to get help myself, I will do it. And I would say that if you guys take uh, that kind of approach to life, to just to try and be helpful, everyone will want to work with you. Everyone will want to hire you. Everyone will, be, will want to be your friend, right? Um, and more importantly, like, you know, life, life is full of, uh, life is full of a lot of hardships. Things, things will fail. They, they, you know, people you love will pass away. Um, your close friends or people who are family, you know, will turn on you, stab you in the back, you know, like life, that's life. Really bad things are going to happen. I can, I can promise you that, unfortunately. But what I would say is it's how you decide you want to live your life. 
um, and how you want to focus on the positive sides of it and how you can do do better and how you can help others and help yourself. I think when you do that, you you know everything else takes care of itself. I'm trying my best to fit this in the career standpoint, but again, this all goes back to first principles and foundations, which is building those skills and the mindset you need that no matter what you do, you're going to be successful. Being disciplined, right? Healthy, knowing who you are at heart, all those things, whether you become an artist, entrepreneur, you go to law school or med school, these things will help you no matter where you are. Great. Well, that's a great way to conclude this webinar. Thank you so much for sharing your insight, your knowledge, your experience with us. Um, I want to personally thank you on behalf of the VSC team and the people that will view this later. Um, I'm sure they, they'll greatly appreciate what you've shared with us here today. Um, but other than that, if you guys want to learn more, please visit our website at virtualstudentexperiences.com. And if you want to connect with Mr. Khatib or contact him in any way for advice or anything like that, we will be sure to um, provide those resources uh, and make them available to you. With that, I think we're done. Uh, I would like to thank you again, Mr. Khatib. Absolutely, Becky, you did a hell of a job, my friend. You, have, you asked great questions. You're very good at this, honestly. Thank you very much. Awesome. Well, I wish you all the best and good night.